0: when two shots were edited together he's like amazed to think that like why that even worked because that was like a groundbreaking thing Mm, because mm, everyone's mm. only experienced things through their own eyes and he's like why does that work yeah and because you've got something called a circadian eye rhythm you're not actually seeing life continuously Mm. every single time you move your eyes from one side to the next you're actually making a cut and your brain is filling in the in-between no way. Two. <laughs> so when two shots were put together, people were just like, "This works," because it's just like That's the way crazy. your your brain does things. Does things. Hi, welcome to Department Spotlight, the show where we talk to our friends and colleagues about film and the film industry through the various lenses of the different departments hence department
1: spotlight in case you were confused today's topic
0: is editing hello yaku hey mark you're an editor i am
1: oh you an editor
0: i'm also an editor wow wow everyone who makes films needs to be an editor this or at least know about editing
1: this is true I mean, and speaking about that um, Since we were, like, the two main editors on this project, we had one other editor, Stephanie. Shout out, Stephanie. Shout out. You killed it. She did, right? But she's in Cape Town, so she's not here. So it's just us. Sorry. No, no friend or colleague today.
0: But we're friends and colleagues. (laughs) 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 Anyway, start off with the first question. Yaku, what,
1: in your opinion, makes a good edit? (sighs) good edits. Uh, well, I mean is it I feel like it's a cliche kind of thing to just be like if you don't notice the edits, it's a good edit. Um but I mean it, it's kind of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know. Um but I think it also depends on the genre. Like sometimes you want people to know about the edits, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so in my opinion Good edits have three categories, right? Which is the, like, this has not been... I didn't learn this anywhere. I I, I don't know. Like, it's just me. So take it with a pinch of salt. Um, You got the invisible edits, which is what you mostly get in your films and narrative work. Then you have the sort of the um, commercial slash music video edits where you like cut to a beat. You know what I mean, and then there's the intentional attention-seeking edit. Does that make sense? And that's what I was talking about with the genre idea.
0: Mm-hmm. So that so, like, becomes self-aware, like through editing, yeah. like you notice that you're watching a thing, and that's like the yeah. point of the the narrative. The narrative, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's my opinion. Uh, what do you think? No, that's cool. Dropping dropping some theory. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, well, it's, and, it's literally yeah, a theory. Classification, yeah. that's really yeah, cool.
0: Literally. Well, looking at, like, Walter Murch's, he's oh, got those yeah. six things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he always talks about um, emotion being, about. like, the most... I mean, yours were, like, classifications of editing, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, uh, but Walter Merch speaks about what makes, like, a, a good edit, and he speaks about, it has got, like, percentages for different categories of things and he always lists like emotion as the most important thing and you can forgive continuity you can forgive the 180 you can forgive basically every sort of rule or guideline of filmmaking as long as like the emotion is there and you'll be amazed at how many amazing films and tv series that you love that have like bad continuity and if you speak to them, they'll be like, yeah, but we didn't care because the emotion yeah. is there. And then it's like, you didn't even notice, did you? Because you yeah, don't notice yeah. when you're like emotionally invested in something. Yeah. And I think that's when it becomes invisible is when yeah. you become emotionally invested mm. and then it starts disappearing. Mm. You know what I mean?
1: I think this is a good time to point out that Mark actually finished his degree in editing, <laughs> oh, yeah. whereas I, I only did first and second year editing. And then the rest of my editing is just personal experience.
0: Just and you've got a lot of you've out. got yeah, but I
1: mean I don't I don't know any well not I wouldn't say I don't know any of the theory, but I wouldn't I'm not like Walter Murch has these things oh, like yeah. I know I know like in back of my mind he has those mind. things <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I'm just
0: yeah I mean you learn these things they never really go away you just like
1: yeah it's sub I mean editing is a very subconscious
0: yeah absolutely process I think but it's not like it can't be learned that's what oh, yeah. that's what our editing lecture always taught us was that it i think it you it learn you, you learn it by like watching a lot of films and by like doing it hmm. but then there's this thing where people always say like oh it's like instinctual you just edit from your gut but then it's like no you can you can learn it and then it becomes your instinct yeah it's yeah not like it's not like some people are just born with it it's just like if you watch a I mean i'm ton sure, of films, i'm and sure some people are
1: born with it yeah. It's like some people are born like to like verbally tell the stories and others yeah, aren't. Yeah, true. We're, and then the people who aren't can learn to tell yeah. stories. Verbally. But you can't, but you so can think, learn
0: to edit. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely, like, definitely. definitely.
1: Definitely. And then, um, like you say, it becomes instinct yeah. after you've learned it. doesn't matter when you learned it. Yeah. Um, even if you're learning it by just trying it out, you know, you're still learning it. And if you do it that for long enough, it becomes just like a feeling thing.
0: Yeah. And the feeling is different as well between mm-hmm. two people. Like different people will have like different sensibilities and they'll be like, oh, here's where I have to cut. Here's where it just feels natural to cut mm-hmm. versus another person will have another way of doing it. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily wrong in your instinct, but like I think what also makes a good edit is that you're looking at like the story that's being told as well. So it's like yeah. a combination of your sensibility and like what needs yeah. to be done exactly
1: mm. so like and then eventually you know when to not follow your gut like mm. that, I think that's where the third category that I was speaking about comes in like when when um, filmmakers want to show you something that's maybe not pleasant to look at mm-hmm. or, or it is pleasant it's like funny and you're like okay they're probably going to cut now because that's what everybody does mm-hmm. because that's what it feels like doing yeah and then you're like no i'm just going to just going to linger a bit yeah you just don't catch yeah. yeah so then so then it can be learned and then that's it's that thing where every rule um was made to be broken but you have to know the rule before you break it
0: absolutely you know yeah. cuz also some things can't be expressed in one way like a lot of great films they almost have this like way of editing where it's like they teach you how to watch it as you're watching it with like the, the, but with like the pacing being like very like different to what is a like a normal, like tradition. And then they aren't just doing that just cause it's cause they're doing that because the theme that they're exploring can only be expressed if they like go at a different pace, you know what i mean? Yeah, like, exactly. teach you how to watch it differently yeah, to get to those ideas. Yeah. And I suppose that goes nicely into, what do people mean when they refer to pacing? You hear everyone saying that film had a fast pace, that film had a slow pace, Yaku.
1: What, what is, is a pace? A pace? <laughs> One pace what is this... <laughs> <laughs> Miriam Webster's di- dictionary. Just, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, for me, pacing like it's obvious. It's just like, you know, when you're like running, the pace at which you run is the speed. I don't know. Mm. For me, pace always goes running, like not driving in a car, or it's always running. <laughs> I don't know why. So when I when I think about pace, I always picture a guy running, I, I don't know. And then, um, the background of which is running past is like the movie. Does that make sense? Like the, what do you call those? The stands where all the people sit. Uh, yeah. Grandstands. Yeah, yeah. The grandstands. Yeah. The, that's the full. And then the guy is like the, the playhead of the timeline. I don't know. That's just how I like picture it. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know how the visual works with like when you cut or whatever, but, um, you know, the guy runs faster or slower. Uh, it's like a marathon. You know, you don't go 100% the whole time. Mm-hmm. Speaking from zero experience as a marathon runner. But you, you like, decide, okay, this stint is going to be fast-paced so I can get ahead of people. But then I'm not going to use all of my energy um, because I know at the end I'm going to want to, mm. you know, get to the finish line before everyone else. Yeah. So it's like, uh, so the pacing for me... Uh, is, is a marathon where you can't just go fast-paced the whole time yeah. and you can't just go slow pace the whole time. Like, you can go slow and you can go fast, but there has to be places where you just break that pace to make a point.
0: Yeah, because an audience isn't going to take away anything if it's just like breakneck speed from beginning to end.
1: Yeah, or the opposite if it's just slow turtle speed. Yeah, you know, because there's yeah
0: there's that natural ebb and flow that like stories have, even in the writing. Yeah. Um, but as as I said, I think things can be expressed. Things need to be expressed at different paces as well. Mm. So you're saying like a different sequence has like a different pace.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like so when I'm when I'm editing I'm intentionally thinking okay this scene is going to have a fast pace because the next scene all the few scenes next is going to be slower. Mm. So I'm like building to that um then giving people breathing space. Um but yeah, I don't know, I don't it's not it these are not like rules that I like I said earlier it's not a rule that I live by um what's the word like rigorously mm. or whatever. You just it feel just like
0: it's the way it needs to be for that, for the story. For the story. For that story. Yeah. yeah.
1: And with the amount of coverage.
0: I've also found that a certain shot, like each shot has its own pace. Mm. Like with the, the movement and the shot or just like, mm-hmm. even if it's like a slow shot or something, there might be something to it, like in the background, wind through like trees that like it has its. It creates its own like internal pace within the mm. shot, and when you're trying to create like a fast pace, you might think that oh, you can just put all these shots together and it'll have a fast pace. Mm. When it's just like not the case at yeah, all. It yeah, like yeah. entirely depends on the actual shots. Yeah, which leads into the next question: these segues. Aren't you're going fine. way
1: too quick, but okay.
0: <laughs> um, we'll be able to carry on. Which all is right. um, when do you? Plan editing does it start before, or do you just shoot a bunch of stuff and leave it to the end?
1: I mean, speaking as, like, the director as well, I, um, I also have, like, an idea what the edit's gonna look like before, like, while we're writing it, you know? Um, and then, if I have an editor, um, like Stephanie, shout out, (laughs) we... I I speak to her about it, or him, whatever. Speak to them about it, um, or what I thought about after we shot. And then, but when I'm shooting, I'm shooting to my picture Mm. in my head. Because, like you said, the shots have their own pacing, right? So the only time I feel like when you can get over a shot's pacing is when you're doing that second category, which is the... Commercial slash video music video because then you have that music or that well, usually music to, to use as a distraction. You can just cut straight on the beats and then it's like oh, okay that's really they good. Yeah. Um, it informs
0: the yeah the tone of the, the shot. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like as dictates out, the, yeah. the the sharp pace. Yeah.
1: So. so I think I think for me it starts script already. And then when I'm, like, making the shot list with the... But I'm not sure what it's like for an editor. I've never been... No, that's not true. I've been the editor on five student films. (sighs) I cannot tell you (laughs) what they were or what I did. It was too long ago. So, yeah, I, I can't really tell you what my process was. You've recently, or more recently than I have, edited a film that you didn't direct. Mm. So maybe you can speak more about that.
0: Yeah, so editing the graduation film... Um, well, I did two, obviously, the experimental and then the graduation and after last year. And, you know, I was, like, heavily involved with every single part of the process. Um, the director probably got a bit annoyed, but, like... <laughs> It's like, I think it's like very, it's like very important because you have to, even the things that you want to like play out and just feel it out and you want it to have a sort of more organic type of feel, you have to plan that to be shot that way, to be edited that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like, are you going to set up a shot here and do a whip pan to that and that's going to whip back. Uh, Obviously that's where it's like, obviously that needs to be planned, but like every single like construct or like scene the way it's played out, the way it's shot needs to be needs to be planned. Like we had um, a lot of sequences where because the the film dealt a lot with uh, PTSD and I was like very like psychological. We looked at the way to manipulate editing to tell her story from her like point of view, the main character's point of view um because of the way someone experiences trauma and the way they experience their own in like internal time dictated the way it was like shot and edited because that's the way the story needed to be told so it, can, it it's not just this thing you do at the end when you combine all the shots together it was like literally doing research into the psychology of a person who's been through what this character had been through and how it dictated the editing. So it doesn't, I think it needs to be extremely involved. Um, th- with, with these shorts, we, I think we both knew exactly, cause we like have edited so many things. Like we knew like when to call cut, when to leave it going a bit. We knew like, Oh, I needed to get this little shot I needed to get that little bit because, mm. um, like we've edited, as ma- quite mm. a bit which i think is in very very important for like every single crew member to know yeah. to understand editing because then yeah. they'll understand oh no that little thing over there is not in shot or whatever and it, we haven't really seen it. it's not important yeah. or no this is extremely important or we have to do mm. we have to get this little um like pick up here or we have to leave it the shot going and I think even an actor n- needs to know about editing, obviously, they're not like consciously thinking of it when they're performing, but just to be aware of like why a director might not be wanting to call not be not be not call cut straight there and then and then them having to like play a bit because they want you know that there's something like interesting here that's happening that you mm. might use in the edit mm. that might not have been written, but it the whole the way the directors planned it out and constructed it that the scenes to be shot so that those spontaneous things can can happen, Happen, that it can be used in the edit. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Things need to be planned. But also I'm thinking now back to Justine Case, which is the film that Stephanie edited. when we shot the film uh stephanie wasn't on board yet right it was just going to be me editing um so i had like so i had that idea of what i was going to do if i when i edited it and then when i saw stephanie to give her the footage it was like this by chance thing she she was in johannesburg for like a, two days or whatever um you know she's like a close friend as well so we weren't just talking about this movie it wasn't just like a meeting um, so I didn't tell her too much about what I had thought. I sent her the script and I just gave her the footage. And then I said, okay, in this part, you know, we're doing stop motion, you know, the, some of the t- more technical things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't explain what I thought really. It was just literally just the technical thing because we didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. And then the edit that I got back was was like, okay, there was a few things that I wanted to be, but it was mostly yeah. what I had in mind anyway, yeah. you know? Um,
0: so good, I think... That's good direction as well, though. You know? But it is,
1: though. Like <laughs>
0: Stephanie's edit was very good, but essentially you gave someone a bunch of footage and you got it edited back the way you wanted it.
1: Yeah. But Aside also, what I wanted, like a but few what I wanted to say... There, but like, true, true. But what I wanted to say is, like, a good editor, like, once you've... You have learned how to edit. And once you know, um, once you have that background, like you have, like she also finished her degree in editing. Um, so when you have that knowledge, um, you can look at the footage and see what, or you look at the footage, look at the script and then see what the director wanted, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, I, I appreciate the compliment, but also it's, you know, it's a good editing thing. A good editor thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To also to see footage or like even watch a shot as it's being shot and you like are already editing it mm. like five different ways in your mind. Mm. Um and sometimes you don't have to do that. Um like I know with Anachrapis or Postoki. Nailed it. <laughs> um thanks, man. Um <laughs> when there was all of that chaos that happened and then we had to move inside and we had to completely redo mm. the shot list cause everything was different. Mm. Um, we just shot these like long, like performance takes. Um, and I didn't have an idea of like how I wanted to edit it then and there while we were doing the, the takes cause I was like more focused on performance and also because Vancell and Tanya are so good. Yeah that it's like, it's big, just you're just in. getting, you're just, you just yeah. put it, you just, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> when you make a movie and you get, you just cast really good people, you just put a camera there and you just say, go. And then like magic happens. And then yeah. you just cut and then good. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. um, which is really great. Sometimes you, but then also that was like, that was also like constructed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I knew that I could do that with them. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, that's more... Well, I don't want to cut you off, but that's, like, more a directing thing. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, true. But, I mean, as in... An editor. The way things need to be...
1: Yeah. But, I mean, also, you know, you say you didn't... set. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, even though you didn't necessarily shot list that part for the kitchen, you, um, you knew that if I get a couple of wides and get a couple of close-ups and they are in this sort of orientation
0: and the different sizes as well yeah, as yeah like yeah. the scene as it progresses exactly yeah.
1: so you knew that because I mean you were just adjusting your original plan it wasn't like a new plan completely you know yeah
0: well I mean they meant then, to be sitting on that doghouse the whole yeah but I mean the, the shots
1: I mean like you like you just said they're like getting closer to them yeah better, that that didn't change yeah from a directing point you knew because you had the edit in mind you knew that we can get these things and I trust Tanya and Ventil and they know what they're doing and I can just get like a couple of takes and these yeah. shots and then it'll edit to it together.
0: Yeah. But that's, I suppose that also leads into style like with like you were speaking about the way Justine was like written and was shot and the way like Anna was like written and shot like two completely different styles. And I knew that I could do Alakhlapis that way because um, I didn't. The, the intention for the editing wasn't for it to be pronounced at all. Mm. But, like, for Justine, obviously, there's like those Edgar Wright influences and stuff mm. with like the whips. The, zip, the zips. <laughs> the the zoom That need to be t- done that specific way for that story. Mm. So style also becomes a very important thing in the planning mm. for the final edit. Like mm. you can't force an so Edgar much. Wright you can't like force an Edgar Wright style on just like any footage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like he knows, like um like baby driver was like being edited as they were shooting it. You yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in real time. In real time.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Maybe let's go into to...
0: What is, what is continuity,
1: Yaku? Miriam Whip's this <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just keep qu- asking me all the questions. Okay, continuity is just just in case you didn't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what the odds are of you watching a filmmaking thing or listening to it and not knowing what continuity is. But that's basically when, um, let's say, there's a vase with a flower on a table. In the one shot, it's in the center of the table. But then when they cut to the side angle, the vase is suddenly on the corner of the table. You know, how did it get there between a cut, you know? So continuity is things staying in the same space relative to the environment when you switch between angles. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What is continuity, um, Mark?
0: So I've been thinking about this definition for like a long time.
1: Oh, did I mess it up for you? No, 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 oh. not
0: at all. Okay, good. Um, so if you have a shot, if you can like define a shot as a recorded space over time, mm-hmm. that like length of time mm-hmm. of that space in that frame. <laughs> mm-hmm. To have, like, a continuity edit, which is mm-hmm. the illusion of
1: mm-hmm.
0: movement occurring from one shot to the next, the difference in time and space needs to be small for that to be an illusion of continuous movement from one shot to the next. Mm-hmm. You can, like, do an equation. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, that is cool. So if you have a person running from left to right in one shot, mm-hmm. it's that amount of that space over that amount of time, and then the next shot is them running from left to right, because, you know, screen direction is also a thing in editing. Um, but then if the difference between those two spaces and the, and the difference between the time yeah. is small enough, it'll look like they're it's like continuous. continuous movement.
1: I get you. If you
0: just look at that as like the definition of like, every um, every cut because um, everyone just like assumes oh continuity editing that's like just what you do that's just that like how something is constructed mm-hmm. Isn't but it? if you look at it from like a like time like so all the editing books say like temporal and spatial um, so if you intentionally don't want something to be continuous and I don't think that continu- continuity editing should be like the flat basis for like every sort of edit like even when you're making a continuity edit you are doing it consciously because you do not want a difference between time and space because you do want it to be continuous yeah. Yeah, yeah so i think thinking about it that way makes you think about every single cut that way you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm, like, bit, I'm even considering jump cuts now. Like, right? Yeah. Like
0: I don't want the audience to um, be lost here, so yeah. I want to have a s- small difference between space and time of, between yeah, these yeah. two shots. And then or what the happens opposites. when you? Yeah. What happens when you increase it? Yeah. What happens yeah. When you
1: Like Justine with the uh, jump cuts when she's taking out the DVD.
0: Exactly, and that like oh. creates anxiety. Yeah. You know because of. It's, it's like not what happened. Yeah, it's not the way like we like experience time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But also a really interesting thing is that um, I think it was Walter Merch was talking about. <laughs> um,
1: Walter Merch is like, he's not the only editor, but he's like, he's like the guy the the who you like reference. Yeah. Always. 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 doesn't matter who you are, how, how, like, how many Oscars you've won. Walter, Walter Murch. Murch is
0: there. Yeah. Got your back and your essays. <laughs> he had this amazing thing, so I'm just going like, to go on a little bit of a rant here if that's fine. Um, <laughs> he had this thing that I always found interesting about in his book, uh, In the Blink of an Eye, which mm-hmm. you should uh, totally buy and read. Um, it's amazing. He speaks about, like, film being created like more than only like a hundred or so years ago when two shots were edited together he's like amazed to think that like why that even worked because you humans have only experienced like their lives up to that point of when two shots were filmed and cut together Mm -hmm that was like a groundbreaking thing mm, because mm, everyone's mm. only experienced things through their own eyes. And yeah. he's like, why does that work? Yeah. And because you've got something called a um, circadian eye rhythm, which is you're not actually seeing life continuously. Every single time you move your eyes from one side to the next, you're actually making a cut. No way. And your brain is filling in the in-between no of the way. two. No <laughs> way so when two shots were put together people were just like this works because it's just like the way your your brain does things does things so i think what's also what makes a really amazing edit is like how much information can be inferred between like two shots Mm, you know what mm -hmm. i mean like just that classic art the
1: Kuleshov thing,
0: yeah, that, that yeah. Cla- and that also just that thing of like of juxtaposition of like yeah. you put one image here, and you put another image there, next to one another, and then your brain just like fills in all the meaning of yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like I mean, I should I think we should explain the Kuleshov thing, which is a Russian uh, editor who had like the one shot of a guy just deadpan looking at you know anything. It was just dead on. Deadpan guy just shot um, a shot, but then they put first. I think they put some cereal, uh, yeah. or they put the guy and then the cereal. Yeah. Right, and then I asked people, okay, what do you think he was thinking about? And they were like, oh, he's probably hungry. He wants to eat the cereal. Then um, they put the exact same shot of the guy with a baby, and they were like, what are you thinking? And they were like, oh, it's probably like cute baby, oh, blah blah caring, blah. He's, he's caring, and then and then they did the same with like a goal a beautiful girl and then, or the guy and then a the beautiful girl. And they were like, this guy's a pervert, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's the same it's shot like, every time. And he's not thinking of
0: anything. Yeah, and it's like, the audience is just doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. themselves. And it's like, so, I don't know, don't think that like these, like tools are like, it's like, like I mean child play. Like, it's like, it's, you're literally making someone th- think, think something <laughs> by putting two images next to each other. That's yeah. like, The potential for some dangerous stuff you know (laughs) which is like why propaganda is a thing yeah (laughs) and why the like russians were like big into it the creation of editing is because like there was some Mm. there was some like proper there's like some proper interesting history of like propaganda and editing um like that that woman who made that um i can't remember the name of it though um, that like Nazi propaganda film, mm-hmm. and then the Americans took that same film and like recut it and then like really? made it all funny and shit. Really? I didn't stuff. even know about
1: that.
0: <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's really cool how Damn. they just like completely changed yeah, the just, meaning. Yeah, just by
1: recutting it. It's also like, uh, what's his name? um The French guy, with the father of visual effects. M- M- oh, M- oh Georges Melier. M- 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 yeah, Georges Melier. Georges um, <laughs> he um, he's credited as being like the father of visual effects, and um, the story goes that it was literally an accident where he was filming a guy or a train, a, a, a horse carriage in the streets of Paris, um, just just going, and then while he was filming the like, because uh, he had to like do it manually, yeah, and then the crank like got stuck, right, and he was like couldn't it couldn't move, and then when he got it working again. Um, It just kept filming, like... And it created one of the world's, like, first visual effects cuts. I don't know if it's, like... If it was the first cut, obviously, but... Visual effects cuts where it was just, like... And then when he played it back, right? He was, like, amazed that one minute the horse carriage is there, the next... Literally the next frame, it's gone. And it's like, where did it go? You know what I mean? And, um, I mean, that was, like, you know, visual effects kind of thing. But also, I think that's where people started experimenting a lot more with editing mm. two different or the same thing, but with like that continuity thing. Cause that's yeah, yeah. literally a breaking continuity. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, it's the same exact shot. It's like a jump cut. Um, it is. It, it's literally, it's the first jump cut. <laughs> and from that, this whole, like, it's so crazy that film is only like a hundred years old. Eh? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like
0: really young. Yeah. Uh, and, if you want to read out more about... You can read out more about George Milieu, but also if you watch the film Hugo, Hugo. by Scorsi- Scorsese, um, Scorsese. Scorsese. Um, Scorsese. <laughs> ben Kingsley's character in that film is is Georges Milieu and then they, he redoes a lot of his yeah. earlier Volumes work, like the... Was yeah. it Trip to the Moon? Oh, you know yeah. It's oh, yeah. That's such a good
1: movie. Did we just spoil it, though? Is that a spoiler? Because you don't know that that's the case until it. The- end of the movie but also you need to know about form for it to actually have significance so potentially spoiler sorry guys potentially sorry i mean i haven't watched it (laughs) just yeah why why, why? haven't you watched it yet what's wrong with you it's a scores watch all of scores even though you you can be mad at him and watch his stuff it's fine um
0: (laughs) what uh shall i go on to another question sure Let's cover this question now because I suppose people always want to know. Uh, that's why we're going to ask it. Yeah. What uh, What software do we use to make these films?
1: Hashtag Adobe Creative Cloud, Premiere Pro, all Shout the way. Out. Shout out Adobe. you need all the, they obviously need all the press they can get. Premiere Pro. Premiere Pro. Um, the most
0: recent version, version 14, is insane.
1: I don't know what they did from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, but it like playback is just so butter.
0: Batteries is made butter, it's dude. So
1: it's um, crazy. Um so why why don't we use any other programs, Mark? Uh
0: Premiere for the win. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean you you obviously when you were in third year did we still do Avid? Yeah, we used so, Avid. So yeah, so when when you were in third year, you guys used Avid um, Avid media composer. I when I was in 30 I was doing sound design and visual yeah. effects and and like just from watching the editors use Avid I got so mad.
0: Um okay. I I'll, got so mad. I loved Avid cuz they just didn't know how to use it properly. Um
1: No no no, I probably didn't know how to use it properly cuz like there would inevitably be something that I have to fix myself in the sound because yeah. yeah, yeah. Some editor didn't know how to, you know, exporting an OMF for, uh, for Pro Tools or exporting an XML, or oh, I don't think you did, that. did XML, but something for the visual effects side. I think we had to do AOFs. Um, but every time I would just get so frustrated because, the, from my experience, and, you know, like I said, I didn't study it or use it for very long, but you had to, like, set your own shortcuts. Things, or because it didn't have default shortcuts um, in the version that I was using, and it was just difficult to navigate, and I hated, hated the fact that all the windows are just floating around. It's not just one window with panels. Mm. So that's my experience with Avid. Please, please continue. Um, <laughs> I mean, the one cool thing yeah. about Avid that I that I think every NLE should have, and that I'm, that I, you know, when Premiere is like, what would make you recommend us more, right? I'm always like, batch auto sync audio and video, I don't because really? it cannot do that. You can do, you can do one, one clip at a time, mm-hmm. or you can do like a multicam sequence, and then it like does, but then it creates like hundreds of multicam sequences, and like just merge the clip with the audio, like underbatch that's all premiere adobe you know it's but that's the one thing that i yeah. that's the one thing that i loved about um avid Mm. because you could just highlight sync and there it goes um
0: well i really liked avid no one else really liked it um that's partly because the way things were set up there um Avid is designed to set up so that everyone is using everyone is using Avid across like the whole like a whole studio. Okay. It works. It works very well, like on a server. Okay. Um, so everyone can access the same project, and um, I had no problems with it going to um, Pro Tools. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's both avid program. Yeah, yeah. W- so which you would just, think would be just the easiest like thing, for but like problem. Because I probably. never had a problem with it. Um, mm-hmm. the and flirting, also for mastering, mastering yeah,
1: yeah. for mastering, I had to, and there was even sound people who didn't understand it, and I had to help so many third year students mastering 5.1.
0: <laughs> Me too. But yeah, um, that, that's also because. Uh, we didn't use the latest versions there. Oh. We used mixed, also mixed versions. Pro Tools was on a oh. version, oh. Avid was on a version. Um, I don't think it was really Avid's fault there, but I want right. uh, one, one thing I have to say about Avid versus Premiere is Premiere, you can edit and you can d- develop a lot of like really bad editing habits, mm-hmm. um, because it's like quite like a chilled program like yeah. you can just throw stuff in and it'll just do whatever everything will connect and it'll always yeah. be like working and stuff unless when it crashes because it always crashes. But anyway, <laughs> um shots. Um uh avid never crashes. <laughs> like avid's like but also avid on the Mac. Uh, yeah and also but an avid doesn't mm. let you edit in a way where you develop bad editing habits. Mm. You have to edit the way mm. you have to edit, you know. What I mean, you <laughs> yeah. have to use and I mean, we should, the shortcuts. You have
1: to. I mean, we should mention that Avid for for anybody who doesn't know, Avid is the industry standard. Yeah, you know, like I mean, not, I don't think in South Africa. I think in South Africa, we mainly still use Premiere for everything. Yeah, um, but Final Cut Seven.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but dark, dark <laughs> yeah, times. dark times. But in <coughs> like most of Hollywood. Would use use avid Avid. because it has that like it came from, yeah, way back when it was like its own computer.
0: Yeah, because like if you know how to cut on film as well, there's many different steps that Avid Media Composer can do to make people who used to edit on film. It's very editing on Avid Media Composer very feels like the NLE version of cutting on film, basically, and there's a lot of like. Um, it's like an intermediary. Like there's people who know who used to cut on the old Avid systems will still know how to use the new, one. the new ones, mm. and Premiere and all these other programs have derived themselves from Avid, mm. the way in that NLE works. But then they've become more relaxed in terms of it being digital, mm. um, which makes them. Easier to use than Avid, but I, I would say that if you if you're very serious about um, getting into editing, um, like you want to edit like feature films, eventually, um, just like I'd would, I'd would say, obviously use Premiere to just like edit your projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to like jump into the deep end, jump into Avid because um, you you're not going to pick up any bad habits because Avid will only allow you to cut the way you are supposed to cut. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. Cause uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's pros and cons, but I mean, definitely I'll just mm. like, I just use Premiere. Yeah. I don't think I have many, I mean,
1: also the price difference is massive. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> massive. It's massive.
0: That's, that's like one of the biggest reasons to use is because yeah. like all of the programs work together.
1: Yes. Yeah, unlike what I was saying about uh, Visual Effects, that's very easy, right? Like, replace with After Effects, done. Yeah. Um, obviously, dynamic with link. Pro Tools, like, I think Media Composer and Pro Tools have a very similar dynamic link. Yeah, yeah, Um Because it's, they're both Avid, yeah, and yeah. then, obviously, After Effects and Premiere are both um, Adobe programs. Um, but, I, but, like, I find just going to all the programs, Premiere is, like, very like it'll shake your hand easily, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. whereas others like, Oh, huh, you're not using pro yeah, tools. Well, good luck, man. It properly, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, Oh, you're not ingesting your media properly. Well, you're not setting up your project properly. Well, there's yeah, no, there's yeah, no yeah. going back. You can't go into some thing to like, I think you can now, but I think you have to it. like, you have to set up your project. You can't like go back and do what you do in Premiere and like
1: change change things a lot like of things a premiere you like
0: the thing that which is also good in my opinion because have yeah. to, like you have to set things up properly you have sometimes to... with premiere things are like a little bit too relaxed sometimes yeah. and i feel can like I, things can I give get give example
1: like uh, i used to work at a church right and we would train like people who wanted to who were interested in editing and i would be like training them on how to use Premiere and doing this and doing that. And, um, the people who like started, like they knew nothing. And then I taught them, they knew like, okay, you create your, well, you know, my style was like, you create your bins and you put everything in your bin and you, it's organized. Whereas the people who would have had experience, but they didn't go to film school or they just started when they were like in high school, their projects would be a mess. You know, just like everything, just everything in the project panel, you know, nothing, nothing is in a bin, nothing is sorted correctly, nothing is color coded. It's all just in the project Mm -hmm. panel. And then, and then what the thing that um, somebody that I know still does this still after I've like told him like, this is the worst thing. He, he reuses the same project, right? So he only has the one project file. And then... He doesn't make bins. He just drags in new pieces of footage, makes a new sequence, and then starts editing in that same project, right? So in his project panel, you would scroll for like a year because there's just footage from who knows. And every time it's like media offline, he's just like offline all. <laughs> so it's like there's even links to stuff that he doesn't even have hard drives for anymore. And that may- and then... And then this is the worst. You're gonna be really upset. I'm having a hard time. You're gonna be really upset. He, when he when he imports into his timeline, like he just drags obviously directly into the timeline. But then if he accidentally deletes that clip, and he needs it again, he doesn't go look for it. He just drags it in again, and then it creates a second instance of the same clip.
0: What a nightmare! You have to be organized <laughs> if you're in, if you're gonna be an editor. You have to. You're I'm really more organized than my projects than i am in my real life (laughs) because you just have to because even uh, even on these shorts even on other projects where if you get like a little bit lazy it's just gonna like it just ruins you later on yeah you just and then you're like you end up having to do the organize organizing later on anyway um even with some of these shorts i've been just like i've been getting like really in the zone And then when you get, like, really in the zone, you know, the organizing organizing starts to become, Mm. like, a little lax. Um, And then I I have to, like, stop myself and, like, go back, organize some stuff. But then also, um, I I think definitely be extremely organized from the get-go. But I also find that when you get into, like, the rhythm of editing and stuff, sometimes you get super in the zone and then going back and organizing is also a way of like decompressing for like a little bit mm. and then getting back into it but mm. i'll definitely say just like be organized from the get-go because then when you get into like teams of people or into like a post-production house yes. or something you're going to that project's not just going to be yours yes. other people will be looking at it you'll be sharing it amongst yes. you know the other speaking- departments and stuff and if you if your stuff is disorganized you're gonna get like you're gonna get fired if yeah. you don't organise your stuff properly. It's yeah. like having like your boss walking by and you've got like a messy ass desk and you can't yeah. see anything. Like no one's gonna want to yeah, work yeah. with that person. And
1: and speaking of that like I've been doing a bunch of like more corporate type stuff. And um, some of them wanna keep the project files with them afterwards. I mean I I sell them back, I don't just give them away because then they just take that project that you gave them for free and just take it to another person who then changes it or bowls on it or adds another thing. And then, uh, and then you lose a bunch of money. So, um, so, but even, even, but even if that happens, right, you have to have an organized thing. Cause the idea is that let's say you like, God forbid, get into a car crash. Now this deadline is not going to move because you were in a car crash. Now, someone else has to take over your project. Now they can't find anything. They have to restart the thing. You missed the deadline and you'll never work again because the guy's like, Yeah, well, he's good, but as soon as we needed, as soon as he wasn't available, our whole project failed because. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's like a responsibility thing. Yeah. As well. it's like Especially when, when you're, you're
0: doing something for yourself versus yeah. doing something for other people. Like with the shorts, have been. Like still very organized, but like organized in my own way mm. because I know that I'm I'm the editor for all of it, and I'll be sending the sound to you to you to do the sound and everything. But everything's gonna be like extremely organized at that point. But mm. when you're working with other people, with like, and you're when you're reliable, you have to be accountable and reliable yeah. in in any other way that you would be in any other field of work. Yeah, not definitely. just because it's editing. Definitely. You have to, you suddenly. Yeah. You have to be
1: organized. Yeah. Yeah. But also, um, while we're still on the organization thing, um, I thought I was organized until st- I got Stephanie's project back um, to like. Just... I've also
0: worked from one of Stephanie's projects. It's, it's insane.
1: <laughs> it's crazy, and like I've actually adopted a lot of the things that she did. Like it's you think it's small things, but like having a specific order to your sequences, like zero one first one first cut or zero one one sync, zero two, 2 um, And then, that you know, that's the same for all the projects, you know, so you can like open, I'm sure you can open any other projects and just immediately know what's happening everywhere, which is amazing. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't changing anything in the project. I was just adding markers for notes on a timeline, but I could easily um, go back into her select sequence because she labeled it so clearly in a sequences bin could easily go back there. And then she color coded every scene. So I knew that if I just wanted to look at the other takes so I can be like, maybe use the other take, I could just easily skip to that, like that color section. And then she like, um, she has a little text thing that says the scene, right. And then she makes a cut in that text thing for when it's a new shot. So like all the takes in shot one, are like under the same umbrella of that like texting and then the same for all of it. So I could literally go through the things and it's amazing. And like, I've started doing a lot of that.
0: Yeah. I don't even do with that. With the <laughs>
1: films. <laughs> I have started doing a lot of that with, with the films that the two films that I edited and it just makes everything so much easier. Cause you know, sometimes when you're doing your select, a uh, select is just when you like go through it and you select a part of the tech that you want to keep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you like work with it, but it's not really working. So you have to go back and um, try another take. And then it's it's all right there. You know, you don't have to look for it. You don't have to scrub through. It's there. <laughs> so yeah, um, organization, Stephanie, changed my life. We yeah, don't. I don't
0: even do my select that way. I just like color code them really? and then, like
1: oh, well, bring I mean, the
0: take that portion of the take over, and then go yeah. back and yeah, take well, I mean it's the same, the you take over. know, yeah.
1: Uh, let's just quickly talk about the other editing programs mm-hmm. um so I have a macbook as well right um and i've had a macbook since form school so i've I have had final cut final cut seven because that's what we started on um when I was second year uh we didn't actually <laughs> second year this was this was twenty fourteen no this was twenty fifteen and we were still using Final Cut 7 in film school. Ridiculous. And then the, the next year, they started using Premiere um, for the second year. Obviously, like we said, 30 years of it. There was that whole big thing that happened around um, when Final Cut 10 came out, which was in the time that I was editing for film school things, right? So it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to try it out, uh, whatever. I think I got a trial or somebody like lent it to me. Well, I, I, I got a, I got a copy of it and um, hated it. It's the worst. Hated it. That being said, you know, um, and this can flow into our next thing, which is when to get into editing. If you only have access to Final Cut when you're starting out and you don't really have a choice, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, just know that there are much better programs Yeah. and that the learning curve from Final Cut to something like Premiere or Avid is much steeper and it's very difficult to to start understanding how a Premiere timeline works um, or even because the Premiere timeline and the Avid timeline is very similar. Um, so it's very difficult to, if you have your ground knowledge, your like base, if your foundations for editing comes from Final Cut, it's going to be very, I mean, not impossible, but it's going to be very difficult to adapt to the more professional programs. Mm-hmm. And like in South Africa if you want to be an editor working you need to know Premiere. Um, but like like kind of getting back to it. If you if you're just starting and you have access to even iMovie or yeah, Windows know. Movie Maker.
0: I started on Windows Movie Maker when yeah. I was when I was really young. Yeah. Just, just I started down, put on Windows Movie Maker <laughs> just like <It> boom.
1: <laughs> I started I started on a thing called uh, Cyberlink Power Director.
0: Yeah. I remember that. Program. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that was the first editing yeah. program. that I, I used. suppose
0: the editing thing extends to what we we're talking about in our announcement video about the just like make your movie. It extends to like whatever you can edit it together, like shoot it on your phone and then you can get NLEs on your phone and like edit yeah, on yeah, your yeah. phone. Yeah, and yeah. they've got like proper timelines and stuff, even like better than... Final cut, Final cut in. 10. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, obviously as you get more serious about it, you have to move to Premiere or yeah. Avid.
1: Like that learning curve between Avid and Premiere is very is not I mean it's still a little bit steep, but it's it's not as bad. Yeah. If you like like Mark was saying, if you have your if you set up your projects in Premiere properly, then Avid is just going to yeah, be like exactly. a completely lateral yeah. move. You'll be able to do it easily, um, but but like we said, just yeah. get whatever software you can yeah. and just start. You don't like the question that we had was actually, um, what age can you start editing? Yeah. But there is no age. Like if you're ten years old and you understand how pictures fit together, well, you don't,
0: and you just figure even, it out. Like.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just go with it. Yeah. You know, use any program. I mean, there's, there will always be time to learn new programs, but what is the
0: fundamentals of like, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, the fundamentals of editing, like the theory of it that you learn will stay the same. Like, yeah, you can learn how to use a program and you can like learn the shortcuts and learn how Mm -hmm. to do it quickly. But the, the, (laughs) the fundamentals of just like learning what happens when you put one shot next to another shot, um, yeah. It stays and the like, same between every single program. And like
1: even the thing that we were saying about, you know, the Kuleshov effect and um, Georges Millier, like you might not know about them or any of them, but like if you edit enough, you will start implementing those things because yeah. like you watch shows on TV yeah, and you watch yeah. movies in the cinema and you see people doing these things, even if it's not a conscious thing. And when you edit, um, you apply these rules because people will tell you, oh, that feels off. Or, oh, yeah. that, that was so cool. And yeah. then you're like, okay, so th- if I do this thing and that thing, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you don't know why it's cool. There's yeah. probably a reason for it. But,
0: but when I mean, you find yeah. out, you're like, oh. Yeah, and then you will be able to like start to verbalize it. And mm. then it, it's nice because you don't have to know like the technical word for every single little thing. Mm. You can apply your own words to those things. It's fine, but... Obviously, there is a ton of like amazing theory and videos and stuff to watch. Um, but I think it's also really good to learn how to verbalize edit, editing because um, when you're a director, obviously, and you're working with an external editor, you have to know the language. Mm. Um, when you're an editor speaking to a sound person, mm. you also have to know their language and they have to know yours just so that everything... Yeah, just because say everyone's speaking the same language, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but just start on your phone and then go from there. Yeah, right. But then that also leads into the next thing, which is, what is the difference between editing a vlog and a film? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can start. Yeah. Um, I've done like a, quite a few vlogs. On this channel, which, you know, go check out check all them out. of them. Um, I mean, that's how the channel started, as a vlog. Can twice. China once. once. Um,
0: Going to loop all around the world.
1: <laughs> for me, what I found the biggest differences is in a vlog, I don't care about jump cuts. Right? Um, I used to care about them a lot, but, you know, watching... watching just videos on youtube which is where vlogs live mm-hmm. they just you know you cut because it's a different language yeah know? exactly like and and things that i would never dream of doing in a film such as such as the person is taking too long to to talk so i'm just gonna take out that silence yeah, yeah. you know i would rather try to find another angle and then cheat it or yeah, like. Yeah. Whereas in a vlog I just like poop <laughs> you know, yeah. cut it out. And
0: it doesn't and doesn't it matter. doesn't matter because that's the intention. Exactly. You know I mean? Because even I suppose that's also I think where the two are almost like similar in a way is because you're doing that because the intention of the vlog is for that information to be given or something. Yeah, in a short um, space of in time. In a short space of time, that's mm-hmm. the intention. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the film you you have different intentions.
1: Yeah. And in a, in a film you speak to the actor before you take the shot. You are like this is what you're going for. Go, you know, you can go slow or you can speed it up. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in a vlog you don't know what you're going to need. You don't know yeah. what music you're going to use. Yeah, yeah. You you just
0: Yeah. Just cut it yeah. quick. And like one but of the, there them, is intention yeah. to both of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah it's like what I was saying then in the like beginning is like the first considerations. Yeah.
1: It's the first category versus the yeah, third category. Yeah. Second category. Yeah. Second, third category. Um, like a, a vlog as well takes me an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours to edit like a 10 minute vlog, If I have like a bunch of footage, whereas a film I would spend much more time. On, and that's because I would spend more time organizing. I'm not saying I don't organize at all in a vlog. Um, I still have my bins, but I don't have a select timeline. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because there's only that one take of that moment. Yeah. There's no reason to have a select if I don't want the shot, I just delete it. Yeah. You know,
0: it's like almost a vlog is like documentary. Yeah. In a, in a way, I, yeah. I mean, in a documentary, you're not gonna jump cut and stuff. You can, yeah, yeah. You'll have like B-roll. You'll have. Mm-hmm. The ability to like go to another topic or something like that. But I suppose a documentary is like an intermediary between the two.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Because I mean... Depends on the type of documentary as well. True. But But, I mean, that's what a vlog is. It's a video video diary, a video log. Yeah, It's it's just instead of you writing everything down, you're just filming it and you're just cutting it together, which is very similar to a documentary in the sense that you filming things as they are, yeah, yeah. and then you editing it together. To, but in a documentary, I feel like it's more obviously more intentional. About this is the story that we're following. Mm-hmm. In a vlog, the best vlogs always have a story, but that story isn't necessarily earth-shaking or moving, or sometimes it's just to have fun. Yeah, you know, which is not really something that you would do in a documentary. Ne- I don't know necessarily. Yeah, it depends. But yeah. Yeah um so that's what I think editing for a vlog is the most different is the amount of time that I spend on it because also a vlog is something that I want to be spontaneous you know uh I mean until recently I haven't really shot a lot of vlogs with camera camera I've just used my phone and um usually it's like okay something's gonna happen whip it out you know start filming yeah um so I wanna keep that same spontaneous energy in the in the edit. Yeah. You know, which again is like an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't wanna spend four hours over engineering the sequence to fit meticulously perfect with the yeah. sound. I'm just like, oh there's a beat, cut it, cut it, cut it, oh this I filmed this fifty, sweet, slow motion.
0: Yeah. Fifty
1: frames per second. Um And then, uh, oh, I have enough of them. Make a cool little B-roll sequence. Yeah. I don't... um,
0: Film as (laughs) pre-prod.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no pre-prod for me. I mean, okay, maybe not no. Maybe not zero.
0: There's a bunch of things you want to get.
1: Yeah, like, I know, like, maybe today I'm going to go to the Cannes Film Festival. I'm I'm just going to film us standing in the queues. I'm going to film us going into the thing. I'm going to film where we're sitting. Mm. I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna remember to, yeah, I'm going to remember to fall myself talking about what I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or when Kaelin or whoever's with me, I need to remember to film. ask them, hey, what's happening? But I, I don't tell them, hey, I'm going to ask you what's happening. I'm just like, yo, what's happening? Yeah. You know, and that's just my style of vlogging. Of uh, obviously, I'm not JC Neistat. I'm not Peter McKinnon. Um, I'm just me. I'm just sharing my life. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think that's, there shouldn't be as much pressure as there is now because of the McKinnons and the nice stats of the world. There's this yeah, pressure to, to make movie, this yeah. like super produced vlog, um, which if you can do that, great. Yeah, just don't great burn yourself out. Vibe, yeah. You know, just don't burn yourself out. Cause in the end, yes, it's, it's like people can enjoy it and they can watch it, but like, you're not going to change anyone's life really with a, Or maybe maybe you do. (laughs) Maybe you do. Maybe you have like a very cool topic that you are changing people's lives with your vlogs. But for me and my vlogs, I don't take them very seriously. And if you're like just starting out vlogs, I don't think you should take them very seriously. I think you should definitely watch those how to vlog like Casey or how to film cinematic B-roll. I think you should because that's cinema knowledge as well. It's not necessarily just vlogging knowledge, you know mm. what I mean? And also like it practices your editing skills, how to edit all this footage down to
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: But I found I, in a the vlog there's um, a lot of like cutting out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Instead of a film, you're not necessarily just cutting out, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're creating yeah, yeah, yeah. like a pace, yeah. a rhythm. You yeah, can do yeah, that in the vlog. But I mean yeah. vlog is a lot of like just removing stuff that you don't like. You know yeah. what I mean? yeah basically yeah. I had this thought about what is what what you consider like a good take and a bad take mm-hmm. and what I found with editing these shorts and editing stuff in the past is that a bad take in context maybe might be an amazing take you know mm-hmm. what I mean I get you. Um, and vice versa yes. like you find this, this is an amazing take you put it in the sequence and it's like this just does not work at all Yeah. so I think in a the film there's a lot of like construction mm-hmm. um for how you want the scene to play out, and a vlog more so lifting out the bad bits. You know what I mean? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So before we we close out, I'd like to maybe get some reading <coughs> that you can look up. Uh, of course, we mentioned the uh, um, uh, Walter Murch book, *In the Blink of an Eye*. Um, definitely check out that book. Just the most amazing information. Um, Another person um, is dr. Karen Pullman um, her work is amazing um, she really goes into like the science of editing um, but it's not like it's not like too sciencey you know what I mean like I'm not like a really sciencey person but she explains it in such like an accessible way she's such a great communicator of uh, editing which is such like a difficult thing to speak about sometimes um, mm. And she is featured in a few videos from um, this other YouTuber, this guy Edits. um, Shout out Sven. He's really good. And her book, Cutting Rhythm, Shaping the Film Edit, is amazing. Um, Just like I reference it all the time. The last one is um, by Tarkovsky, the director, the Russian director. This book is like my favorite editing book ever. Um, Tarkovsky has done, like, Solaris and Stalker and, um, other great films, um, but he's got this book called Sculpting in Time, um, and it's just, it's just the best editing book I've ever read. The way, it's like, it's like poetry, it's like reading a poetry book about, (coughs) um, about editing. It's, like, mind-blowing. Um, so we thought we'd leave you here with some films to watch, with, like, some inspiring editing. Um, for me personally I like Blade Runner definitely is <clears throat> a great one um, both both yeah both for very different reasons they both <laughs> have got like very different cutting and like both incredible um, and I have to mention um, Jean-Marc Vallier um, he's editing on um, in Wild and the TV series um, Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects season one yeah season, season two, two yeah was like pre-edited, it's a whole it's thing. a whole thing. Um <laughs> but the way the way he edits is like amazing because it's it's almost like there's that thing that they speak about how in novels um you can go into like a character's thoughts but in film you can only do that through like voiceover and stuff. Jean-Marc Valley does that with editing. Yeah. In the most amazing way. There's a video essay, um someone breaks down his editing and what he refers to as a thought cut, which I thought was, like, really interesting. Um, And another, uh, yeah, I mean, Denis Villeneuve, mentioned Blade Runner 2049. Um, French-Canadians, man, killing it with the editing game. But also
1: watch Enemy and Prisoners. Yeah, Enemy,
0: Prisoners, Sicario. Yeah. Unreal, unreal. (laughs) Like, to the nth degree, they're just, like, and that the way they, like, focus on the edit, like, they pay, pay so much attention to mm. the edit in, as we were saying earlier, in, like, pre-production. Like, it feels mm. very planned. planned and organic. Yeah. Um, Especially on Valier, Like, he does so much meaning, but it's all... It feels, like, so organic. And, like, mm. it doesn't feel contrived at all, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then from my side, I think um, one of the big inspirations for me is... Uh, David Fincher um so especially like Go Girl. Uh, obviously if you've seen Go Gone Girl, you know how they just twist things mm. in the craziest way um but then I think I mentioned this in a, in the directing podcast as well but Fincher is so like precise and again like from beginning to end he does multiple takes on like um that like I, I repeats action and then he stitches them in post um so you have the best the best performances from both actors in the same scene in the same shot, which is crazy. Um, uh, But so, yeah, that's definitely something to look Mm -hmm. at like advanced editing. There's a lot of videos. Adobe did a video with him as well um, for Mindhunter. Um, And then also um, if we're talking about that third category that I was talking about, um, which is the one where you intentionally sort of break rules uh, Wes Anderson stuff. He loves to to do that in the edit. And again, planned. Um, one, one thing that comes to my mind, especially is in Grand Budapest Hotel, where the cops start suspecting um, the, the concierge uh, f- of killing the woman. And the guy just literally goes, oh, so you think I did it? And then he turns away and runs, right? But it just stays on this... Sort of like almost wide cowboy shots for like the entire duration of him just running away, yeah. and it's nobody else is moving. Company, yeah, so, so yeah, he's comedic editing, but also I think
0: I mean the decision like not to yeah. cut as well. Mm, also exactly. Like One Exactly.
1: Yeah. So a lot of a lot of his work, um, is is something to look at, mm. and yeah, I mean just watch movies. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and try and like obviously
0: be an audience member but then maybe take a second watch and then pay attention Mm -hmm. to the editing you know Mm -hmm, what I mean mm -hmm. Um, and also just the last thing is like the most amazing video essay I'm sure you've already seen it if you like films but um, just came to mind uh, Tony Cho Every Frame of Painting How Does an Editor Think and Feel oh yeah that was like yeah yeah game changing for the way I like thought about it um cool so I think we can
1: yeah let's wrap it there So that's it for today, sorry there was nobody else. It was just me and Mark. But I hope you guys learned something or at least just enjoyed the conversation. If you didn't learn anything, tell us, you guys suck. But if you did, smash that like, do the subscribe. And uh, yeah, and do the things that all the YouTubers always tell you to do. But yeah, until next time, go out and make Make your movie. movie.